Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I like to think of myself as a smart guy, or at least trying, you know, reaching, striving for something, striving to understand, taking in the information rationally, logically going over things. I'd like to hope so. I'd like to believe so. You know what? I'm going to stake my claim. That is who I am. Yet when I came across this story from uh, Jason Rance out in Seattle, Seattle activists declare a homosexual intifada. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know what that is at all. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. And, and, and Jason's a, a radio show host uh, out there and does a bunch of, of Fox News we all have and 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 he's discussing you know Seattle being a hotbed of, of progressive insanity which it is and he is telling this story about how there are these these posters around calling for free Palestine homosexual intifada so there was this pro Hamas anti-israel march uh, that 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 happened out there as it's they've happened all over the places. And remember, it's pro Hamas and it's anti-Israel. And this this free Palestine conversation is pro Hamas, destroy Israel. So they have this this thing, and then uh, they start putting out these flyers, and the flyers show uh, ostensibly two men, their faces covered with uh, a keffiyeh, which is a kind of a, a covering that's uh, used in certain cultures and they're 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 kind of hugging and kissing and it's it's not a cartoon but it's not you know it's not a photo and it reads homosexual intifada i i i have no idea what this means is this to to put forth the idea that people who are gay are supportive of what's happening in Gaza? I mean, we already know we've, we've seen things like queers for Palestine, and you say to yourself, that's just, that's just so absolute, my gosh, talk about no understanding of what's happening. Yeah, If you are gay and Hamas finds you, you are dead. This is not debate. So how could anybody be a part of Queers for Palestine, if that means you will be destroyed because you would be destroyed. America is awful and terrible and all these things, but you're not being stoned to death for being gay. Not happening at all anywhere. So how in the world does somebody who is gay get to this moment? But now Intifada, Intifada uprising, right? Uh, uh, this is going back to Arafat and then the fight against uh, Israel because, of course, they don't want to live in peace and they don't want to have a two-state solution. They want all Jews and all Israelis dead. This is who they are. But this isn't a conversation about Israel right now. This is a conversation about the insanity of progressivism. If you're gay... Don't you know that you're better off if Israel is in, in existence than Hamas? You could be gay in Israel and not be stoned. Not so true in Iran. 
maybe one culture is indeed, wait for it, better than another culture. Maybe that's just the reality, Boo Bear. Maybe you need to grow up. But what happens when you have no understanding of the world? You have no understanding of the Islamists because you've never once in your life as an American actually lived under any level of threat. Oh, sure, somebody may have said something mean. I'm not saying they should say something mean, but they could have said something mean, and your feelings were hurt, and you cried, and of course you've been told that that is the greatest offense there is. No, being stoned to death is the greatest offense there is. Being killed for your sexual orientation is the greatest offense there is. Here, somebody may have made an ill-timed joke. Maybe used a bad word. <gasps> the shock. The horror. I don't know how you survive. You're going to have to have a meeting and make a TikTok video. But your life in America is unbelievably blessed. Super duper Super duper easy. You ain't got no problems, kitten, and nobody's trying to kill you. I know that if you're part of the LBGT, wait, LGBT, I can't keep up. LGBT movement, which, by the way, the L, the G, and the B should totally get rid of the T, because the T is a serious issue, and everybody else is trying to live their lives. This is a political movement. This isn't an actual group of people. It is to denote a political movement. But if you're part of this movement, you think everything in the United States is an affront all over the place. Somebody won't decorate my same-sex marriage cake. What the hell does that matter? In Hamas, you'd be stoned to death for thinking about marrying the man that you love if you're another man. You have to be out of your head to think of queers for Palestine. You are a, you are a fool and you know it. Your ideology so totally dominating, you have no time to think about reality. Here's reality. You're better off here. And if you support the idea of Palestine, which is to say the Islamists who run Gaza, which is Hamas, you'll end up dead. You're gay and you don't know that? I thought gay people were smarter than that. Now, maybe that's a, a stereotyping in and of itself. There are stupid people all over the place. I'm often told, I thought Jews were the smart ones. And then you see how they vote, and you're like, ah. Oh. And then you're like, oh my gosh, that's so bigoted. You can say this about every group everywhere all the time, and someone will call you bigoted, and someone will call you honest, and all the rest. There is no debate that if you're gay, you're better off with Israel than without. You're better off living in Israel than not. This goes back to, to David Mamet, uh, the playwright, um, uh, his book, the, the, the Secret Knowledge. And so I'm paraphrasing here, but uh, let's say uh, that, that the United States was being destroyed. The U.S. was being destroyed, and, and, and there were two airplanes, and you had to get out. You had to get out of the United States, otherwise you were going to die. One plane was going to Israel, and the other plane was going to Syria. Which plane would you get on? His argument is remarkably sound. Of course, you would go to Israel over Syria every day of the week and twice on Sunday. This is not an argument. Would you go to Israel? Or would you go to Iran? You would go to Israel. There is no argument to be had. But look at these progressives spin and move and maneuver and lose their minds and try and make a claim like this. Anybody who favors Hamas over Israel who is gay favors their own destruction. By the way, straight people would favor their own destruction as well.
But if you're gay, it's not a debate. These are the facts. When progressivism dominates you, you I often talk about the fact that for 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 people on on the political left, it 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 has a, their ideology has replaced and supplanted their humanity. And one of the reasons I so wholly oppose populism is because I think that's what it does to people on the political right. You cannot lose your humanity for some level of of, of politics. And populism is not a theory-based concept. It is an ideological-based concept based around an idol. No thank you. I'm not interested in that game. That game sucks. That no Democrats come out and say, hey, uh, uh, if, if, if you're gay, uh, you may think that Israel this and Israel that, but if you're supporting the idea of Palestine, you'd get killed. You know that, right? I mean, are you dumb? Are you? No, you don't hear it. No one says it. Everyone is too afraid to say, I am going to have people looking at me askew and sending me emails for actually discussing this. You want to know how radical things are. This is how radical these things are. And to argue that, well, Tony, this is happening in Seattle, so what do you what do you expect? Why would I think that this is solely and exclusively something that is happening in Seattle? Could I find an organization like this? A a uh an organization uh that is is based on sexuality. Supportive of Hamas at Pick Your University in Indiana? Pick Your University in Missouri? In Georgia? In Michigan? You don't think that we can find this on the University of Michigan campus or on the IU campus or even on the Ball State of Purdue campus? You don't think we we can find this at at, at Mizzou? Of course you'll find it. Because the fact that it is totally irrational is meaningless to the objective, which is the virtue signal. That's the objective. The objective is to make this claim to show your progressive bona fides, even if it means your own destruction, because look how safe you are. You're not over there. You'll never be over there. You know, you don't see gay people in, in America saying, you know what, I'm going to move to a place where I'm really safe and really respected, Gaza Strip. I'm going to move to Tehran. You don't, you don't see that. Of course you don't see it. How e- It's like the people who screamed, we're a sanctuary city. How dare uh, these people on the political right think that there should be laws about illegal immigration. We're a sanctuary city and we're not going to cooperate with immigration and customs enforcement. And we're not going to let law enforcement agencies speak to each other. We're not going to uh, turn anybody in. We're a sanctuary city and we're going we're gonna to protect the undocumented. And next thing you know, Greg Abbott just started dropping off busloads of people. And the city said, wait a second. We didn't know we'd actually have to live up to our words. We were just talking because it sounded good and made you look bad. We didn't know you would do this to us, make us actually deal with the problem. They were stunned and shocked. Stunned and shocked, I say. The, the, the ignorance is... Is, is sometimes deafening. 
And it certainly is obscene because it is obscene. So when I tell you this story, you, you realize that the people who are engaged in this kind of talk, they, they never actually have to deal with the consequences of their actions. They will never live in Gaza. They'll never, never live under the rule of Hamas. They'll never go and, and spend some time with the Ayatollah. What they want to do is ensure that their progressive bona fides are, 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 are held up, are, are, loft, are, are lifted up. And progressive bona fides mean the destruction of Israel. Understands who they are and what it is they believe. And when they tell you they're decent, when they tell you how good they are, when they tell you how uh, they, they, they believe in inclusivity and love is 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 love. Uh, now you know how absolutely full of crap and dangerous they are. Not only to uh, others, but to themselves. And they do it proudly. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. anything at this stage of the game to find an airline that actually liked its passengers. And I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready for this trip to Israel. I am taking LL. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? Good to be with you. You've heard me also say sponsorships now available because all the content that we're creating, we would really like to be able to promote it as, as big and wide as possible. So I, I said we should bring in sponsors to be able to get us the opportunity to Pay to push it out there as aggressively as possible. Oh, we're going to push it out everywhere through through my stations and through my social and, and, and other people's social because we're doing a tremendous amount of interviews. I leave next week uh, for Israel. I'll be there for eight days. Uh, we're going to be talking to local officials. We're trying to talk to national officials, soldiers, reporters. I have an interview set with a Palestinian reporter. Um, we're, we're going to be talking to everybody. Now, I'm not discussing where I'm going in, 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 in Israel because... I was I was half asked not to have that conversation publicly. Of course, I'll have it as we start releasing the information and we're going to be sending out dispatches. So I'm going to be recording parts of the show and sharing them uh, throughout. So you're not going to miss bits and beat or, or miss a thing. Uh, but we're, we want to get as wide of an audience to really share the story of what's going on uh, as much as possible. And so that's why you've heard me say sponsorships now available. But I'm taking El Al, and so far, uh, so good with El Al. American Airlines, they have decided that the flying experience isn't bad enough, so they are increasing bag fees. And then some travel agency bookings, they won't allow those to earn miles. So American has the price of checked baggage at 40 bucks, but they're reducing fees for slightly overweight bags. And then, depending on where you purchase your, t- your ticket, it might not be eligible for their frequent flyer miles. Why? Why? So first, with the, with the bags, 35 bucks to check a first bag for domestic flights if booked online in advance. 
$40 at the airport. It used to be both options cost 30 bucks. A second bag will cost $45, whether it's in advance or at the airport. That's, that is nutty. This is, this is out of control. You used to be able to check your bags and then get peanuts. I do remember, although I didn't take as many first class flights, flights then, used to get the hot towel. Do you not remember the hot towel? Oh, I used to get the hot towel. Hello, and, 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 and welcome, and here is your hot towel. And they, they'd have the little tongs, and they'd hand it to you. would be like, ooh, ooh, it's a hot towel. And then you, you'd be used to, like, maybe wipe your face or, 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 or wipe your hands and kind of be, like, refreshed and ready for, 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 for the flight. And then they'd have the tray, and you'd just put the towel on the, uh, on the tray. And the next thing you know, there was, there was a drink, and it was actual glassware. And then, and then if you got a meal, there was actually silverware. Now, some people, some airlines still do, they still do that. Some airlines still Still do that. But there is no actual care on an airline. There is no actual service that takes place on an airline. And part of that is the customer. For a level of cost efficiency, the customer has said, I'm willing to give that all up. I don't, I don't need any part of that. I don't care about any part of that. I am not that customer. But this charge for bags... It's 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 surreal. Scott Chandler is the senior vice president of revenue management and loyalty. Quote, our cost of transporting bags is significantly higher. Fuel is a big component of it. What do you look? I get that everything's more expensive. But how is the luggage not figured in? to the price of the transport of the person. And how is it at least not figured in on the first bag? The second bag, maybe. But how is it not figured in on the first bag? And since so many people now bring the bag on board with them, what are you actually doing? You're reducing a labor cost to getting the luggage off and on the plane. And you're just making the experience more difficult for on the plane when someone's carrying this massive piece of luggage and trying to get it in the overhead bin. And if they bring it with them through security, then they don't have to pay for it to be checked, even though eventually you're going to say, would you please please bring your luggage to the gate so it could be uh, checked, like with your stroller or anything else. It's a messed up design. And yet they go with it. This keeps happening. You would think by this stage of the game, they'd say there's a better way to do this, a more valuable way to do this for the end user, the customer, to get them to come back. And that's just it. They don't seem to be caring about the customer at all. We, the user, it seems like we're never on their mind. There's never a moment where they're like, hey, what does the customer think? They don't. It doesn't come up. It never ever seems to come up we're paying more and getting less for it that is how everybody feels about airline travel and yet we're flying more than ever that is a it's hard to square that circle find everything at tonycats.com and uh, i'll have more to talk about regarding the israel trip 
uh, in the days ahead. This is Tony Katz today. Today was a good day for audio. Holy cow. If, if you wanted commentary today where people are like, yeah, sure, I'll be crazy. Today was a good, good day. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Can I share with you? I just had a coughing fit. Holy, holy cow. Like, I'm feeling great, right? I had the cold. I'm feeling so much better. And I haven't had a cough in, in days, and this has been awesome. Not having a cough is, is a dream. You cold, you get over the cold because it hurts everywhere. You feel in every part of your body after you've been coughing for a couple of days. I just had a coughing fit. A fit. I thought I was going to die for a minute there. That was nuts. Like, this has to be the end of it. Has to be the end of not feeling well because I'm tired of talking about it. But I very much appreciate that you guys have been like, like uh, is lenient the right word? Like, I have not sounded my best in terms of voice, and you guys have been right there. And so I do appreciate it. Uh, just so you know, I, I, I want to bring you my best, and I haven't been over last week, and, and you guys have been awesome, and I greatly, greatly appreciate it. This is not awesome. This is, well, take that back. This is amazing. This is Corinne Jean-Pierre talking about the New York Times and whether or not they are properly objective. The publisher of the New York Times has talked about getting flack from the White House for its coverage of the president's age. Can you talk to us a little bit about what you think is sort of fair game when covering the nation's oldest president and what might be off limits? So, look, I mean, a couple of things there that I would say uh, on that um, on that particular particular item. Look, you know, and, you know, you you all asked me pretty. Can we just stop for a minute? You know, you know, you know, look, look, you know, you know, look, look, you know. She has no idea what she's going to say. When we talk about the fact that Corinne Jean-Pierre, and she's on board Air Force One, uh, this is the the gaggle uh, there, they're heading out to Los Angeles. We've discussed many times that she's not up for this job. She doesn't understand how to do the job. She has no ability to engage. If it's not written in the binder, she cannot say it. That is unbelievable. Look, look, come on, come on, look, come on, come on. That's, that is madness. All right, now let's see if she answers. Pretty regularly about the president's age, and we lay out what our perspective is. We lay out what we see, we've seen this president do in the last three years, which is deliver on historic, historic piece of legislation that's going to change the lives of Americans for generations to come. Uh, that so what? Now to your question more specifically about um, about the New York Times coverage is that uh, that display what we believe a journalistic objectivity about coverage of the president's age speaks to why we agree with former New York Times public editor Margaret Sullivan. And she says, maybe the Times and other major media outlets ought to look in the mirror, self-scrutiny and and course correction are not among their core strengths. And I'll leave it there. Oh, my good. Come on. Can we get a... When the, when the White House turns on the New York Times, how dare you notice how old President Biden is? 
How dare you notice how infirm President Biden is? How dare you notice how incapable President Biden is? What is the video? Oh, I had a bunch of people share this with me. I don't have it in my show sheet, do I? This video of, of Joe Biden, and there's like, it's a two and a half minute video, and there's like 26 different quick cuts. So a, a, a quick cut, right? So let's say you've got this shot of, of whoever you're, you're, the subject is that's talking, and it's straight on. And then you had another camera that was to the side. So you cut between this camera that's straight on, the camera to the side, because you want a little movement in the video. It makes it more engaging and more exciting. Well, that's there's a purpose for that. Then there's the kind of cut where you've got the, the shot, and let's say it's kind of wide of, of the subject, and then you want to have a close-up, and so you bring the close-up for like a reaction, and then you bring back to the wide, and that, that's, that's a cut, right? You, you cut it in, and, you, and you, you've assembled the, the, the video like that. Well, quick cuts is when you do this one after another after a, another, right? It's not transitions. It's just boom to this angle, boom to that angle, boom to the up-close, boom to far away. 26 times in two and a half minutes? Now, that's not normal, as people who are in this this industry will explain. But it is when you realize that it's very possible that you couldn't get Biden on a first take or a second take or a third take. It was take after take after take after take after take after take. And this is the best you could put together. You had to take three seconds from this one and 12 seconds from that one. Ooh, you got 22 seconds of somewhat normalcy over on this take. Let's go use that. And that's what they're putting together. It's nuts because he can't put together a sentence that makes you feel comfortable and confident. Now, every now and again, he surprises you at some kind of like gaggle around Marine One, the helicopter or something like that. But in the main, he can't be trusted. And I know this because he didn't do the interview for the Super Bowl, which of course you noted. You saw it, you noticed, and you said, that's odd. The Super Bowl often, uh, I shouldn't say often, I would say always, except maybe for Trump, maybe they didn't do it for Trump. They offer up an interview to the president. Right? Biggest audience, and it is. And the Super Bowl is the only thing America still does together. 125 million viewers? I think that, I think that was it. That's, that's pretty massive. A third of the country was watching. That's huge. And the White House said of an interview, no, we're good. In an election year, with the economy as terrible as it is, with Biden lagging, and you're going to say no to an interview? It's because the man can't sit for an interview. He can't handle the rigors of that interview, and you knew it would be disastrous. And everybody's noticing. And now you're going to say that the New York Times isn't covering him right, and they need to look in the mirror. We've been saying this about the New York Times for years. For years! So I'm, I'm going to applaud Corinne Jean-Pierre for finally noticing but she only notices when her guy can't get the good coverage. She doesn't notice when the New York Times doesn't engage in actual news, but solely and exclusively engages in propaganda and in narrative. That's what they do. So I loved that clip. Then, then there was the Pentagon press secretary with this doozy. Our assessment is that Iran doesn't seek a wider regional conflict. We've said that from the beginning. But 
they do support these militia groups that attack our forces. They do support the Houthis that over this past weekend have launched multiple attacks on commercial ships, on uh, U.S. forces in the region. And they support Hezbollah. They support these groups that are continuing attacks in the region that are destabilizing and are a threat to the rule of law. Um, so if Iran doesn't want to see a regional conflict, they can continue to intervene and to tell these groups to stop. Let's make sure we understand the two parts of this. Iran supports Hamas. Iran supports the Houthis. Iran supports Hezbollah. But they don't seek a wider regional conflict. You mean they're not going to interject themselves in Ukraine? They're not going to do things with China? They have no plans of having something about Greenland, although they've claimed part of Antarctica for themselves. This is a weird argument being made by by the Pentagon here. Our assessment is that Iran doesn't seek a wider regional conflict. Is that supposed to be comforting? Or is that just a statement, look, look, this is, these are the areas that they work in, and that's all they're interested in? Because it seemed to me that, it, 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 that statement is to somehow get one to believe that they're just doing these little things. These are not little things. And, and, and so we can engage with a little more clarity. Why would I believe that they're not interested in a wider regional conflict? Don't they work with China and Russia? Shouldn't we be, be, be clear that working with China and Russia would de facto be Iran seeking wider regional conflict? I, I don't claim an expertise. I claim to have a brain. Let's just take a moment. It's you, me, a bourbon in the bar stool. If they're part of meetings with China and part of meetings with Russia and work in some of these naval exercises, isn't this de facto the the point? That they are engaged in this way? Let's let's try it another way. Exactly how many people on the terrorist watch list crossing from the southern border into the United States? And as we've discussed, the border is the biggest story in America. Nothing comes close. And there are some real stories out there, important subjects. The border is the biggest story in America. 20,000 Chinese nationals have crossed the border since October. You have 7.2 million people that have crossed into the United States under Joe Biden's watch. That is more than the population of, was it 26 states or is it 36 states? It's got to be 26 states. 36 states? Somewhere between those two. And yes, you have the people on the terrorist watch list that we know of, never mind the Godaways. How many of the people on the terrorist watch list are Iranian, are Islamists? So when we talk about this wider regional conflict, if I could show you that Iran has been responsible for moving terrorists or terrorist cells or Islamists across the southern border into the United States, doesn't that prove you wrong? I think the statement from the Pentagon is not based in in any level of fact, but is rather uh, based in 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 a in a attempt to tamp down. Ah, oh, it's not so bad. Oh, it's not such a big deal. Oh, it's all right. It's fine. Everything's okay. Is not. 
it is not in any way, shape, or form okay. Uh, to quote Marcellus Wallace, it's pretty blank and far from okay. Because it is. And I find that these stories relate to something I was discussing earlier, the story out of Seattle where there are these posters all around homosexual intifada. And you're like, what in the world? What does that even mean? But you're led to believe, and Jason Rance did the reporting, because he's out of, out of Seattle, that are there groups, are there people who are gay who are supportive of Hamas? Like, do they do they not understand how impossible that is? Do they not understand how willful uh, they are in, in advocating for their own destruction? Islamists will kill you if you're gay, stone you if you're gay. This isn't a debate. These, these are the facts as, as presented. So when I see that, it's like, why are, you, why are you pushing for your own destruction? When I see that from the Pentagon, you know, the, the, this, this idea that um, Iran doesn't seek a wider regional conflict, that seems to, like, if you're saying it for, for, for the benefit of the public, I think it's lying. Because I believe it is obvious that Iran is searching for more conflicts, and they don't care if it's wider uh, regarding uh, the, the, the region. But isn't the, d- does that say to the Pentagon, yeah, we don't have to worry about it as much. They're only here. That's it. That's all we have to think about. It reminds me of Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor, who a week before Hamas murdered 1,300 Israelis and others, Hamas, uh, I mean, Jake Sullivan put out there that that the Middle East has never seen more peace and prosperity and everything is going swimmingly. It's perfect. My gosh, you're all just worried about nothing. It signals to me an eye off the ball. And I am very concerned about eye off the ball, because when the eye is off the ball, Hamas gets to murder 1,300 people and set babies on fire and rape women. And we should be opposed to all those things. When the eye is off the ball, what security threats exist to the United States, which is why I bring up the southern border. And that clip from the Pentagon, that's, that's the immediate feel I get. Like they're not they're not connected to the same reality that you and I are connected to. And that's just dangerous. And and when when the people you're supposed to trust for your security aren't necessarily trustworthy, that it, dangerous is the only word I can come to. Very, very bothered by commentaries like this. Very bothered by what seems to be a ah. It's fine. Just just a flesh wound. No, no, <laughs> no, it is not. Become a supporter over at TonyCats.com. I would greatly appreciate it. This is Tony Katz today. If you have mail-in voting, you automatically have fraud. If you have, okay, well, there's mail-in voting in Florida, That's and right. you won huge. That's right. If you have it, you're going to have fraud. But you won. Because you don't have any. When you go into a voting place, like you go into one in a, in a properly run state, 
They look at you. They give you give voter ID. You give all sorts of identification. I mean, it would be very hard to cheat in a mask. When you send out millions, like California, I think they sent out 36 million ballots. They don't have a voting booth in the whole place. And then millions of ballots yeah. come back. Nobody knows where they're coming from. Right, but what are you going to do about it? Uh, the way you win is by swamping them. The way you win is by swamping them. you got to have, and we're going to swamp. I'll tell you what, I've, I did great in the first election. I did much better in the second. We have I interesting news you. coming out of New I love that clip because I, I, I love the the part where where uh, Laura Ingram is like, oh, you're going to talk about the second election. Hey, let me change the subject. It's fantastic. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, uh, the swamping them should mean and if he was a better uh, communicator on this subject, I'd be happier. It is they ballot cure, we ballot cure. They ballot harvest, we ballot harvest. They uh, drive people to the polls, we're going to drive people to the polls. That's exactly how it has to be done. That's how you have to win. Now, as for the mail-in voting, you heard uh, Laura Ingram there say, well, you won in Florida huge with mail-in voting. Mail-in voting invites the opportunity for fraud. Period. Of course it does. And Trump is correct. You don't automatically have fraud. You automatically have the opportunity for fraud. And why would anybody want the opportunity? Because if you say you, if you automatically have fraud, people can say, well, no, look, we can see. Look at how few instances there are. You create the opportunity. And we should be clear that wanting the opportunity for fraud is in and of itself. If you want fraud, if you want to invite the opportunities for fraud, exactly what are you after? We should be saying this to people and saying this to the left. Then again, I need an RNC that's actually interested in winning elections and protecting the elections. I haven't seen that at all. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. I'll catch you tomorrow, everyone. Take care.